absolutely everything starts, begins and ends with your brand. So branding is absolutely everything. So I've had the opportunity to start my business in three different cities, two different countries, and I had to start again from scratch with every location that I went to. So people didn't know who I was. I had to prove who I was and showcase that I'm good at what I do. So branding, you know, is not just your logo. It's everything, the way you speak, what you do, the way you come across, the way that you reply to a tweet, the way that you engage on a LinkedIn post, the way that you post. So that's where I start. Even before considering writing, it's about getting the profile correct and deciding on, you know, which profiles to be really active in. So that's where I start. Hi, I'm Nikki Hutchison, and you're listening to the Audience Growth Podcast, a podcast designed to help you grow your audience so that you can grow your business. And on today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with the fabulous Mei King Sang. Mei King Sang, otherwise known as the FOMO creator, is an expert in creating the right kind of FOMO around your business. In today's episode, she's going to be sharing how you can use FOMO to help grow your audience and your business. And I can't wait to hear all her tips. Making is a client of mine. She's a member of my business accelerator, The Charge, and I have also been a client of hers. If you've taken part in any of my live challenges in the past, then Making has been the FOMO creator for those. So you may have seen her in action. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Audience Growth Podcast. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be chatting to my good friend, colleague, and fellow fan of Audience Growth, Mei King Sang. Welcome to the show, Mei King. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I am good. All the better for seeing you. How are things? Absolutely amazing. Can't wait to hear what we're going to be talking about. That is what I like to hear. So, Mei King, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, please? So, my name is Mei King Sang. My first name is Mei King, and I call myself the FOMO creator. FOMO means the fear of missing out, and I help to create the buzz and excitement in your business for your next conference. Brilliant. And who are the types of clients that you love to help? Any business owner that has an event, you know, whether it's a digital challenge, whether it's a conference, whether it's virtual or in person, if you are exhibiting at a trade show, I can definitely help to create FOMO for you there. If you're attending a conference, I can definitely help you to create FOMO there as well. So speakers, sponsors, attendees, conference organizers, digital challenge organizers. I'm your gal. I'm your FOMO creator. <laughs> you Definitely are. We've worked together more than once on digital challenges. So before we go any further, some people might be listening and thinking FOMO maybe has negative connotations, or maybe they're thinking, actually, I kind of know what FOMO is, but you break it down into specific stages, don't you? I do, yeah. So in fact, when I first declared myself as a FOMO creator, I did actually get a private message. FOMO? I don't want FOMO. I want JOMO, the joy of missing out. But in a business sense, do you? I get it on a personal sense. You know, you're sort of doom scrolling and getting a bit jealous of your friend or your family who's got the latest thing or what have you. I understand all of that. JOMO works in a personal setting. But in a business setting, you don't want the joy of people missing out on your business, do you? 
FOMO. And that's what I mean. So FOMO in a business sense is a good thing. We want to generate that buzz and excitement. You can create it for yourself or you can hire a FOMO creator to do that for you so that your lurkers, because let's face it, Nikki, we've all got lurkers on social media, right? So you can get your lurkers excited. And when the time is right for them, they'll connect with you and want to know more about you. Brilliant. So it's all about turning those browsers into buyers and those lurkers into raving fans, really. Absolutely. And as you said, I have a five-step process to really help you to generate FOMO. And it really is in line with growing your audience. That's obviously what we're here to talk about today. So tell me, Making, what are the specific ways that you help other people to grow their audiences? So a lot of people are doing social media, they're doing amazing stuff, but they need to take it the next step. So we need to think about how we can create that FOMO content to get those lurkers excited. So I can teach them how to do it so they can do it themselves. So that's one way of doing it. Or you can hire me to do it and I'll do it for you. So when I have faced objections in the past from some organizers, they'll say, oh no, I don't need a FOMO creator, thanks. I've got a social media manager. Now, I love what social media managers do. They do a lot of research, they prepare, they write content and post and schedule accordingly. And there's a lot of thought that's gone into it. With FOMO creating, it's instant. It's on the fly. It's right now. It's real raw right now. And you have to work very quickly to be able to think about what's going to get your lurkers excited, especially at a conference, an exhibition, a digital challenge. So that's how I can help people to create that content for an event, you know, a webinar, a networking event event even, I can bring that alive. So give us some examples. Is it tweeting? Is it Instagram stories? What do you love to do at these events? You've named them. I do Instagram stories and I do tweeting and I also do interviews as well. So I think that's what's really key. When you are at a conference, you obviously want to connect with other people. If you are a conference organiser, you want your lurkers to get so excited and think, oh my gosh, I must come to the next event. Or if it's a two-day conference, you may want people to come to day two. So doing interviews with attendees, speakers, sponsors, before, during and after, all throughout the show, that's the kind of content that I can create. We've worked together previously during my online challenges. And the reason that I keep coming back to work with you is because, as you say, I've got my team, I've got support to do social media, but I want as much engagement, as much interaction, as much excitement, as much FOMO, essentially, going on in my Facebook group during these free challenges as humanly possible, because that is what people want now. They want to feel part of a community. They don't just want to see a faceless brand on a social media platform, that's not enough to encourage them to engage with that brand. They want to feel something more. So how do you do that making? Because you're so good at it. It's such a skill. How do you do that? Well, if we think about it, it's a challenge and a challenge is there for attendees that want to learn. They want to grow. And when they're learning and growing, it is almost like being back at school to a certain extent to see, am I doing this correctly? And attendees want that bit of support, want that bit of encouragement so that once they've done, you know, day one of the challenge, have I done it right? Are there any tweaks and changes? Now, Nikki, because you get thousands onto your challenge, you haven't got time to talk to absolutely everybody and make sure that everyone is serviced. So a FOMO creator can assist with that by giving them motivation, encouragement, answering questions, supporting them in the tweaks and changes. And that's what I can do. And so 
When people are attending the challenge and realize that they're being helped by a real person on Facebook live or wherever you do your challenges, then they'll have a really positive impression of you because you're genuinely there to help them. I mean, let's face it, Nikki, we've been on challenges where you know that the challenge is going to lead to a sale and they haven't been there to assist you and genuinely help you because they're just waiting to sell to you, right? But when people have a really positive experience during a challenge and they've made breakthroughs, then they will want to work with you. So I think it's important to genuinely, as a challenge organizer like yourself, Nikki, you know, hiring me to assist in helping and facilitating, creating that buzz and excitement that generates FOMO with the other attendees so that they can also be encouraged to complete that particular task and also continue their personal development with you. Absolutely, because if you don't have that, then the drop-off rate is going to be huge, right? Basically. <laughs> In a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> and nobody's going to get what they need. You know, you're not going to get that great experience of hosting a fantastic challenge that people enjoy being part of, and they're definitely not going to get what they need from being part of that experience. Absolutely. Now, I do try and avoid jargon, but there's some terminology that I think applies here as well. When we think about people coming in onto our email list through a funnel, we talk about creating a nurture sequence. So they come on via maybe a lead magnet or a challenge. And before they are funneled onto our main email list, they go through a nurture sequence just to lay out what they can expect from being on our email list. And to me, it's a very, very similar approach with FOMO creation and making sure that you are nurturing those people who've come into your world via the challenge and you're not just leaving them to flounder around and wonder what's next. You're very clearly signposting them and supporting them. So let's talk about your approach to marketing then, May King. How would you describe your own approach to marketing? Well, absolutely everything starts, begins and ends with your brand. So branding is absolutely everything. So I've had the opportunity to start my business in three different cities, two different countries, and I had to start again from scratch with every location that I went to. So people didn't know who I was. I had to prove who I was and showcase that I'm good at what I do. So branding, you know, is not just your logo. It's everything, the way you speak, what you do, the way you come across, the way that you reply to a tweet, the way that you engage on a LinkedIn post, the way that you post. So that's where I start. Even before considering writing, it's about getting the profile correct and deciding on, you know, which profiles to be really active in. So that's where I start. And then the second part is relationship building, of course. So, you know, I can't start selling to people because people don't know who I am yet. So we need to start building relationships with people and see where they hang out. Not so that you can thrust your virtual business card at them, but to genuinely help them with no set expectation of anything in return because you never know where the help will come back to you. And so getting involved in memberships, getting involved in Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups and Twitter chats, being relentlessly helpful, as a dear friend of mine, John Asperian, says on LinkedIn, being relentlessly helpful with not expecting anything in return really helps to build relationships. It also helps to create content for the lurkers as well. Because let's face it, we're all like, as I've said before, and when we're reading comments underneath people's posts, that very quickly people can uh, get a good impression or a bad impression, depending on how you've posted and replied to comments and posts and so on. So building relationships with your comments as well as your posts is what I would do next. And then, you know, obviously showcase your authority. You need to prove that you know what you're talking about. And I think one quote definitely changed my outlook in business, 
which is it ain't bragging if you can back it up by Muhammad Ali. And I absolutely love that quote because us Brits, we don't like telling the world that we're good at stuff because we think we're going to be judged. We're worried about, you know, oh, look at her, look at her, what she's doing. But, you know, if we get beyond that, facts are facts. I can tweet 550 tweets uh, for a virtual conference. I have tweeted 1,376 is my personal best. You know, I have reached 28 million people. They're facts. And I have clients who hire me again and again, but we need to let people know about that. So that's how I showcase my authority and prove to the world that I know what I'm talking about. So that's how I get that FOMO aspect going. I love that expression, relentlessly helpful. It's such a gentle way to approach marketing isn't it? Yeah. It reminds me of my favorite business book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. When I first read that book, before I started business and I was thinking of going into business, I read it. I thought, oh, what? You mean you can be helpful and you can be rewarded for that just by networking? Really? Amazing. (laughs) So that's what I do, you know, not with expecting, you know, anything back in return, but genuinely being nice to people, being a nice human. And building up that reputation for being helpful, being the expert, having these skills and just consistently trying to do your best for people really and do your best for your business. Absolutely. Okay, so any tips for the listeners who are probably listening because they want to find out how they can grow their audience? To grow your audience, it's not just about creating epic content. I mean, that helps, you know, showcasing that you are amazing at what you do, showcasing your authority is great. But why not be helpful by replying to comments that have been made, not just on your post, but on other people's posts as well. I think that that's one missing segment that people do. People worry about they're not writing enough content, they're pushing content out there. But as well as broadcasting, being helpful and replying to comments, you know, that's a way in which you can grow your audience. And, you know, we talked about creating FOMO, right? Creating that buzz and excitement. How can you do that? Well, show a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Tell people, don't just present, ta-da, this is what I've done. You know, the lead up to it. I think that because we've been brought up on radio and TV and films where everything is perfect, all the spoilers are gone and everything is edited, we think that as a business, we need to do social media in the same way. That's not true at all. The more human you are, the more bloopers you put out there. Just shows that you're human, but people will really warm to you and showcasing behind the scenes of what you do. And you do this so well, Nikki. I love watching your stories. You know, when you're walking with your wonderful dog or picking up your children and, you know, you're in your car, you're just showing in situ, you know, what it is you're doing. You're just being human. And I think people can really warm to that. Yeah, I really try to do that. And also I try to encourage my clients to do that. I think You're right. A lot of people do have resistance and it's probably because we're scared. We're scared of not being perfect. We're scared of how we're going to be perceived. I was just chatting to a client on a call this morning who had done a poll that morning. First time for her, she had asked her audience to get involved in helping her to make a decision that related to her business. And she was absolutely shocked by the response because she got so much engagement 
because we all want to share our opinions, don't we? We want to be heard. Absolutely. And yeah, you're right. People are scared of showing up. They're scared of showing the lead up, the behind the scenes. They just want to show the polished stuff. You know, one photograph saying, just had a great meeting with somebody. It's not enough. What was discussed in the meeting? What breakthroughs did you have? Don't be afraid to show all of that stuff because that really helps your lurkers to understand what it's like working with you. So showing the steps of behind the scenes doesn't need to be perfect. Is absolutely fantastic content for your lurkers. Absolutely. And this idea of making sure that you reply to everything, I really think that's a top tip. Maybe not everything, you know, don't become overwhelmed. So that's all you're doing and you're spending 12 hours a day on social media. But as much as possible, I completely agree, we should be replying and engaging and not just engaging for the sake of it. So not just popping onto Instagram and going, oh, beautiful design, you know, that's empty. It's meaningless. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to grow your audience. It's not really giving anyone meaningful help or advice or feedback, really. It's a bit flattery, isn't it? It's a bit empty. It is. And I liken this to a party. You know, we've all been to a party, right? Nikki, you've been invited to a party before? Oh, years ago. (laughs) Not recently, I'm afraid. (laughs) But at a party, there may be two people speaking and we're in a circle and everyone else is listening. And that's what I mean by creating content for the lurkers. When you reply to a post, you're not just replying to the person that created the post, you're actually creating content for the lurkers, for the people that are in that circle who are listening listening into the conversation or who are reading your comments. So replying to comments, replying to posts is really, really important. I know that some people don't like to show up, you know, they're scared and they click like, but you know, your like is going to be lost in amongst every other person's like. So to really stand out and to build relationships with people, reply, but reply with something that's meaningful and don't sound like a robot. (laughs) When you say, beautiful design. (laughs) (laughs) And also, if you're feeling really brave, then jump into the DMs. Now, I definitely don't mean be spammy and start stalking people. But, you know, if somebody has shared a story that is interesting to you, or maybe you've been to that place, Don't be afraid to jump into the DMs. Personally, I love a voice note. So I love to voice note people and I love to get replies that way as well. And that really helps to build a relationship because they can hear your voice and that feels much more personal, doesn't it? And if you want to really brave the waters, go voice note, but why not do Instagram story or upload a video, a personal video? You know, you can create a video on your phone or use an app like Vidyard and create a video there to really personalize it and really go deep with the relationship with the person that you want to build a relationship with. That sounds quite scary, but definitely worthwhile. Been there, done it, enjoyed the results. <laughs> <laughs> One step at a time, hey, Nikki? One step at a time, exactly. Okay, so making any tools or hacks or techniques that you are trying or recommending to make life that little bit easier as a business owner in 2022? I'm trying to repurpose more. So basically, it's a fancy copy and paste really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like to call it. So if I've created a photograph and if I'm on more than one social media platform, I will share it. Now, what 
I tried doing was sharing the photograph or video across different platforms. And I just posted the same content just because it was convenient for me. But that's not good because that's not good for your lurkers, right? So what I'm wanting to do or what I'm going to do more is to really personalize it and tailor it to that platform a lot more and be more meaningful and also delay the time in which I repurpose. I'm going to get more organized. Being more organized is so important in growing your audience and thinking about the content that you want to publish. You know, that's something that I'm going to be doing a lot more of. I feel like I ought to have Muhammad Ali's quote right in front of me so that it reminds me that, you know, it ain't bragging if I can back it up and produce more of that content to showcase to my lurkers. Great. I feel like people listening could be forgiven for thinking that we spend all day, every day on social media, (laughs) which is not quite the case. But if you had to estimate, how long would you say that you spend on social media per day? And is there a specific platform where you just can't get enough of it? That's a good question. You know, I did used to be addicted to social media. That's probably why I lost a husband. (laughs) There were probably other reasons as well. I'm sure there were other reasons too. But now I've been really disciplined and, you know, I've decided, okay, I will have a set time for when I actually look at the socials. But looking at it from one platform rather than looking at them natively in each platform has been useful to me. So I use a scheduling tool which I would look at my notifications from. So that's something that I'm doing. How much time do I spend? It's a lot less than it used to be. I definitely know that. I do try my best to switch off at weekends so I don't look at my notifications there. I don't know. I'm going to ask the question back to you, Nikki. How much time do you spend? I knew this was going to happen. (laughs) Happy to share. But first of all, are you able to say which scheduling tool you use to check your notifications? Yes, of course. Yes. So I have used others. I know that you're a big fan of Content Cal and Content Cal is amazing. Andy is incredible. I use Agora Pulse for my scheduling. Great. So yeah, you threw that question right back at me, which is fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) I have also tried to be more disciplined only recently, to be honest, because I realized that I was just spending way too much time on social media and also on WhatsApp, actually. Just having conversations about business, yes, great, but not getting the work done. So I have switched off all of my notifications for this year, apart from Mighty Networks, which is the community platform that I use with my clients. So they can always reach me. And in case of emergency, I can be reached by phone. But otherwise, I just check my notifications in the morning, lunchtime and in the afternoon. And then when evening comes, all bets are off. I can turn into a proper scroller at that point. Didn't it just magically, like, you had so much time back when you switched off your notifications? So much more time. When I switched them off two years ago, it was incredible, absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I'm a morning, lunchtime and uh, evening person when it comes to social media as well. And I think we worry, don't we? Because when you are constantly present on social media, you're replying to things immediately. So you get yourself into this mindset where you think, oh, what are people going to think if I don't reply straight away? And you use that to justify being on there constantly. But actually, I try and remember if that happens in reverse. So if I send a message to somebody and I don't hear back for 12 hours, let's say, I just think, oh, they're busy. <laughs> like, it's no more complex than that, really. So that's what I try and remember now. <laughs> 
I love that. I mean, I used to be, well, I still am, but I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I used to respond quickly because I thought that, you know, I need to respond quickly. Otherwise, you know, I want to make it available to them as much as I can. But, you know, they'll only look at the reply when it's right for them. And that's absolutely fine. And I think as business owners, we understand that time is very precious for our business. So I think people won't mind. I absolutely love your emails, the way that you end them, Nikki. You send them at a time that's convenient to you, but you're not expecting an immediate reply or words to that effect. And I think that's just a beautiful way of addressing that. I felt like that did need addressing. And thank you for picking up on that because I like to work quite often very early in the morning. Or equally, you know, last night I was working until about half 10, which isn't really late, but it is late for me these days. I don't generally work that late anymore. And I want people to know that I don't expect them to be keeping that same schedule. You know, I work with freelancers. Often we're collaborating on projects and I don't want them to think that that's an expectation when they're working with me. And likewise, clients, they can reply whenever they want and there's absolutely no pressure there. But these are all good boundaries that I think we are learning as a society, especially us entrepreneurs and small business owners. We're learning to get better because otherwise it could very easily become all-consuming and overwhelming, couldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's important to look after yourself as well as your business. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that I've learned during the 10 years that I've been running my own business is that we have to get better at looking after ourselves because otherwise it's going to have a detrimental effect on our own business, which is the polar opposite of what we're trying to achieve. Which is why we look at strategies to help to grow our audience rather than, you know, posting just for the sake of posting and constantly posting rather than genuinely building relationships that will help your audience grow and help your business grow a lot quicker. Yeah, absolutely. It's about being a bit more strategic and giving yourself permission to take that time to not only create the content and create those genuine relationships and engagements with people, but also to take the time to think about it. And, you know, is this the right strategy for my business or am I just showing up because I think I should show up? Because everybody can see through that. I'm not saying I'm going to show up less because... Obviously, marketing is my business, so I really enjoy doing it, but I am going to show up more thoughtfully. But it's hard to maintain, isn't it? Because you are very strategic and then all of a sudden you get loads of clients or loads of work comes in and then it's just all hands on deck, isn't it? And then the strategy can sometimes go out the window. (laughs) It's a balancing act, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing all your FOMO creator wisdom. I love working with you. I am full of admiration. I just think you've got a brilliant personality for the job that you do. It's such a skill. Not everybody has it and you have it in bucket loads. So thank you so much for working with me in the past and I look forward to working with you again in the future and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for making me blush, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. Right back at you. You're an amazing, incredible entrepreneur and friend. So thank you. Bye now. See you soon. Bye. so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. On next week's episode, I'm going to be going deep on how you can grow your audience without using paid ads. If you're a regular listener, then you'll know by now how passionate I am about supporting small business owners like you to use organic marketing 
that's marketing that costs nothing or very little to help you grow your audience in order to grow your business. So I'm really looking forward to explaining in even more detail how you can do that without reverting to paid ads on next week's episode. So I look forward to seeing you then.